Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited this weekend. We're starting a new series called Reconstructing, and I'm really excited about it. You know, there's a term today called deconstruction, and a lot of people that grew up in church, what they do is they deconstruct their faith, which really is a good thing. What they're doing is examining their faith, and they're asking questions about their faith, which is always good, but so many have not been able to put it back together, not been able to reconstruct it. So we thought, let's do a series, title it Reconstruction and uh, Reconstructing, and uh, it's gonna help all of us build our faith and grow our faith in Christ stronger. And then also it's gonna help folks that have deconstructed, just help them walk through it. Uh, I'm really excited about next week. I'll, I'll, I'll do our second lesson, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna talk about why deconstruction happens, how to reconstruct in these different areas of our life. Uh, but today's all about reconstructing resurrection. We're gonna talk about the resurrection today, obviously, on Resurrection Sunday. And I'm really, really excited about this message. And I, I came up with four incredible thoughts about resurrection. And here's the first one, guys. The resurrection was a real event. And only God can open up our eyes to that. But many of you have heard of Lee Strobel. He wrote the book, uh, Case for Christ. And he did it as an unbeliever. And he was going to prove intellectually that Christianity wasn't true. So he went to write the book. And in writing it, he literally accepted Christ and saw Jesus for who he is. And he talks about an interview he had many years ago with Hugh Hefner. You invited them to the Playboy Mansion. He went there to interview him. And Hugh Hefner says to Lee Strobel, uh, he says, Christianity is a child's religion. He said, I, I don't follow it. It's just, for, it's just childish. And so Lee asked him, he said, well, you know, every major religion, the pioneers, the ones that started, started, they're still in the grave, but Jesus was raised from the dead. What do you think of resurrection? And he tells the story how Hugh Hefner stopped. He looked at him and he said, well, if the resurrection is true, that changes everything. That means there's a God. That means there's life after death. That means there's an enemy. He said, it changes everything. And then he went on to say, but I'm not gonna give it any thought. And I don't know what eventually happened to him, but I just think that's the coolest story. But only God can make it real. But here's why it's so important, guys. Uh, here's a great scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. I mean, it's, our whole Christianity's uh, based on the resurrection. And so some people need what I call apologetic books. That's what Case for Christ is, and there's a ton of great books. And even myself, I believe, but those books build my faith because they come at it intellectually. And we had a relative uh, who's, he's a brainiac, engineer type, and none of us could reach him for Christ. And his wife took him to church, and he went into a connect group that was for apologetics, and it was the most amazing thing. Intellectually, he came in through another door, but intellectually, he came to see Jesus, and he saw that he was the Christ. He accepted Christ and began to follow Christ. And so some people, that's the door you come in, and I wanna encourage you, grab some of those books and read. But for all of us, it builds our faith. But most of you know my story, Mine was a little different than my relative I mentioned. 
Um, I had walked 100% away from God. I grew up in a great Catholic home. I learned the Ten Commandments. My parents taught me a lot of great things. But I was strained in just walking away. And then my brother died when I was 18, and I became very angry with God. And I literally came to a place to where I didn't believe God existed. And so my brother Tony and I are owning and operating the Still Valley Barbell Club. And I had a client come up, and he paid for a membership, and then he paid me to train him. And when we were all done with the transaction, he looked at me and said, Jesus loves you. And, and I went crazy on him. I said, you're one of those blankety-blank. I start cussing, Jesus freaks. I don't want to hear about Jesus. Don't come up talking to me about Jesus. And he just smiled and walked away. And then he came up three times a week, and he tried to talk to me about Jesus. And three times a week, I would cuss him out. I would get all over his case, have guys get on his case. But what blew me away is he always came back for the next session with a smile like I never did anything. And what I didn't know, and this is what happened in my, my relative's life, it's what happened in my life, the Holy Spirit was working on me, but I didn't know it. And I'd go to bed at night, and, and he would be dealing with my heart. And he does that in all of our lives. He's done that in all of our lives that have accepted him. And about two and a half months in, uh, I remember I began to ask Lou questions, and he could see I was softening. I stopped cussing him out. And one day, about three months in, he called me and said, turn on this Christian program. And I was up at the gym, and I said, I can't, clients, this is a busy time. He said, just turn it on and watch it. And you know, God didn't allow any clients to come up that day. And I watched an entire hour show. They were covering a Jesus festival. And I watched excerpts of the bands and then preachers. And then at the end, the host came on, and he talked about Jesus. And I'll never forget, it was the most amazing thing. I'll never forget kneeling down, and when he said, if you want to accept Christ, and I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I had a 180, I had a light go on inside of me, and it took God a while to get me there, but here's what I learned. Only God can open our eyes up to Jesus, and I really believe some of you might be like my relative. You're coming in through a different door. You might be like me, but I really believe this weekend there are some of you. This is your weekend for God to open up your eyes for you to come into the kingdom, and it's all because the resurrection is a real event. It's absolutely real. And I just want to read a little bit of the story to you. This is Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Verse 2. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. These are those 14-foot uh, guys. They're just big, magnificent. Verse 3, his appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. Verse 4, the guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men or they passed out. And remember, the religious leaders heard that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. He was saying, I'll be raised from the dead in three, three days. So they put guards around the tomb so his disciples couldn't steal the body. And, uh, but an angel came and Jesus came out. And verse five reads, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And then he showed them the empty tomb. And this is an event that was real but only God can open our eyes up to it. And for all of us that have had our eyes open up to it, whether you came in through the apologetic way, you came in the way I did, uh, this is an exciting weekend. This is a big deal because we're celebrating the resurrection, which we have the privilege of living in all the time, every day of the week. Here's my second really cool thought about resurrection. Jesus was resurrected so we could be too. And this is now and this is later. 
And listen to this scripture. Uh, this is a scripture we often miss, but it's Matthew 27, verse 52. This is right after Jesus was raised from the dead. Graves opened, and many of God's people were raised to life. They left their graves after Jesus had risen to life. They went into the holy city, Jerusalem, where they were seen by many people. I just want you to think, this would have freaked me out. Think about grandma's been gone for 15 years, and, and then she randomly is picked by Jesus, and she comes out of the grave, and she knocks on your door, and you're having dinner, and it's like, Grandma, what are you doing here? You look great. Uh, did you bring your famous apple pie, Grandma? It's like, and she goes, no, man. She goes, you didn't see what I saw, but Jesus was raised from the dead, and he, he randomly touched me, and he wanted me to come into the city and tell people, he's alive, he's alive. That had to be the most incredible event ever, but it would have freaked me out, I'm telling you. Now, listen to what Jesus said. Here's the words of Jesus, John 6, 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks at the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And that's that resurrection power that Romans 8, verse 11 talks about. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. And that's, of course, gonna come sometime in the future. But what's happening now, guys, is he's inside of us. And I just love to watch God change people. I love to watch him change me. I love to watch him free us and grow us. And that's that eternal life. But he goes on to make this statement, and I will raise them up at the last day. And so we're all looking forward to that. As I age, I just look forward to it more and more. It's like, yeah, I'm going to receive a new body. It's going to be awesome. And one of the favorite things I like about this new body is you can eat whatever you want and can't gain weight. So I'm going <laughs> to really going to enjoy that, man. And it looks like we're allowed to eat. Jesus ate after he was resurrected. You know, he roasted some fish and some bread and, and he had a meal. Bad choice for a meal, but still he had a meal, right? Um, Here's my third really incredible thought. A resurrection can't happen until it's too late. I just want you, you have to be dead to have a resurrection, right? And this is a quote from Blaine Bartell, who we've had in maybe three times over the year. And he literally, this is his quote, and it fit for this lesson. A resurrection can't happen until it's too late. And he had the largest youth group in America in the 80s, very famous. And then he started a church in Colorado, and he became very, very uh, famous, but he had a secret sin. He had a sexual addiction, and he was having relationships with other women. He's married. He's pastoring a church. And one day, it all came out, and he lost his wife. He lost his kids. His kids wouldn't talk to him anymore. He lost his church, and he was as low as you can be. And it was during that time in his life he realized when it's too late, that's when resurrection can happen. And last time he was here, I interviewed him right here. And it's just so cool to hear how God put his life back together. And now he's helping men all over the world with sexual addictions. I have sent so many men to him over the years for him to help him. And God brought him back to life. I want you to think about Lazarus, guys. Lazarus was dead for days. His body was decaying. It had to stink. Jesus came up to the grave and said, come out. And, and he was put back together. And I'm sharing this part for everyone listening. You may think parts of your life, it's too late. And I want to say to you, 
No, resurrection can't happen until it's too late. You're a candidate for God to do something amazing in your life. And some of you deal with shame, and I want to tell you, God's the God who wipes shame away. He's the God who takes every failure you and I can have, relationship failures, uh, sin failures, addiction failures, you name it, any problem you and I have, he's the God that resurrects our life and puts everything back together. And that is really, really exciting. Can we just take a moment and say thank you, Jesus? It's, it's amazing. And he's, he's going to do that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this for some of you to give you some hope because uh, a resurrection can't happen until it's too late. So if you think it's over, it's done, oh, no, no, no. It's time for resurrection. It's a great time. And, and listen to this last incredible thought. The resurrection isn't just an event. It's a person. And that person is Jesus. And here's what Jesus said about himself, John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And there comes a day in our life, God's working on people's hearts right now that don't know Christ. And one of the ways I pray during the week is, Lord, anybody that walks in, in here's our service online, here in Warren, TCI, in Boardman, may the Holy Spirit just come upon them and open up their eyes to who Jesus is because only the Holy Spirit can do it. But once he does it, it's amazing. He said, I'm the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Jesus is still the God who resurrects. And there's no greater, there's no greater proof that Jesus was raised from the dead and he's real than changed lives. And we have some video we want to show you. These are some folks that Jesus changed their life, people here from believers. We're just going to show you a short excerpt, but there's 45 minutes um, at our YouTube channel, Believer's YouTube channel. You can go this week and watch it. It's just absolutely amazing. I think after you watch this excerpt, uh, you're going to want to see it. So let's go ahead and enjoy this, and then I'm going to come back and close service out. Hey, Lauren. Uh can you tell me what life was like before you met Jesus? Absolutely. So um, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad accepted Jesus um, when I was four. So from that point on, it was very much um, part of the household, kind of, you know, going to church and all of that. Um, I went to a Christian high school. So I would say I was very much brought up in the Christian world. Um, but I don't know that I really knew what it felt like to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I think God brings us to places in our lives where He, he knows what we need and He knows what our next step needs to be. And I feel that God kind of brought me to a spot where He was like, okay, you're about to be completely helpless, can't do anything for yourself, and I'm about to show you how big and how good I am and what a relationship with me is going to look like. And it kind of set the foundation for the rest, for the rest of you know, my life up to this point. Um, so when I was 19, um, I was diagnosed with a panic disorder and I would have a couple of panic attacks a day. It got to the point where I couldn't leave the house. Um, so for three months I was in the house, didn't know, you know, you're 19, it's scary. I was like, okay, what, what is my life gonna look like from here on out because I don't know how to pull myself out of this. And God gave me words to write songs. He gave me words to write poetry. Um, 
I dug into his word, um, just really, you know, giving my, my whole heart to him in a way that I never had before. And he set me free. And looking back now, I realized that if I hadn't gone through that, you know, that dark, dark place, I wouldn't have the relationship with Jesus that I have today. So I'm, I'm grateful for it, grateful for the darkness because it brought me to the ultimate light, which is Jesus. Thomas, you were talking about a dark place. Are you able to talk about that here today? Oh yeah, abs absolutely. Um, when I was in, in grad school, um, when I moved to the United States in, in 2014, um, I went through a period where I, I went through some, some pretty hard times um, I, I questioned my faith. I, I questioned what I believed in. Um, life did not make sense to me. Did you get angry a lot? Oh yeah, angry with, with God. I, I questioned Him. Um, I, I went through a phase where I couldn't hear His voice. And I was very used to hearing His voice. Um, after you know, I gave my life to Jesus, and I knew what it meant to, um, to you know, be in, in a true relationship with him. I, I was in tune to hearing his voice, but I, I just went through that period of, of testing and, and trials where I just couldn't hear from him. And, um, and, and I, I realized that that was a result of my pride and that was a result of uh, of just my unbelief and and my lack of faith in him and I went down um, the the road of, um, of of learning about you know where we come from went went down the path of of exploring science exploring what's out there but it still didn't satisfy me I was still very like curious to learn more about where we come from and um, it it came to a turning point when when I came across the book, The Purpose Driven Life. And that's when it, it started to make sense to me some more. It, it started to um, make me realize that life's not about me. If, if someone's like going through um, a, a tough time where they're, they're, they're trusting, or they're having a difficult time not trusting God, right? And going through a phase where they just can't um, find reason to, to believe. That's okay. God, God wants you as you are. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't want a facade. You don't need to um, be all nice and tidy before coming to Him. He, he wants you to be real. He wants you to be honest. The theme that I'm sensing like so far is that you know, these dark places is where God shows up for us. Me growing up in a very comfortable Christian home environment, that's not where I connected with God the most. It was in, you know, the darkest point in my life. So I just think that's interesting. Would you relate to that at all, Patrick? Absolutely. You have to keep in mind that I'm quite a bit older than you guys, so, and I only became a Christian at the age of 63. Wow, didn't know that. So I had a lot of time to pile up a lot of sins yeah. and, uh, and do a lot of things that I regret. But I, I do remember what life was like before I found Jesus, what I thought it was like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was living in a dream world, really. Uh, 
my ego was definitely out of control. I didn't think anything at all of spending $5,000 on a suit or $300 on a bottle of wine, uh, lavish vacations, expensive toys, expensive cars, and so on. And it wasn't until I actually, just in the last couple of years that I've really been thinking back on it a lot, that I finally was able to pinpoint when I, when I reached my pinnacle of self-indulgence and egotism was uh, lying by a swimming pool in Las Vegas at Caesar's Palace with a friend of mine named John. And, and I still am embarrassed when I think of what I said, but I had the audacity to say, wonder what poor people are doing right now. And the minute those words came out of my mouth, I knew they were wrong, but then we switched to another conversation. Now that I've found Jesus and I think about that, it, it actually makes me want to cry that it was such a heartless thing to say and, and I just thank God that that's not me anymore. What about you? Just Lisa? talking about what Lauren was saying that we, we meet God in, when we are in a mess, you know, mm -hmm. so that we can be a message. Um, I think that was true even for me. I was um, complacent, I was like, I was happy where I was. I, I did not really felt that I needed God at that point. You know, once you've experienced the love of God, you just cannot like go back. And once you've seen, um, you know, miracles, when you've seen things in your life, I think, um, I think that's how sometimes God gets our attention is not through in the happy times, but when we are going through these rough times in our life. Well, what led me to accept Jesus uh, was my wife and my daughter. In 2013, my daughter and son-in-law, my only grandchild, came to visit from Colorado. And we had a week together, which I thought was a great week. And then I spoke to her a few days later, and uh, she said she cried all the way back to Colorado on the flight. And I said, why? She said, because you were so negative. Never seen you that negative your whole life. And I was like, I wasn't negative. <laughs> <laughs> So a few days later, a book arrives in the mail, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, that my daughter sent to me. My wife had been uh, a lover of Jesus from the time she was a little girl, and, uh, and she had gotten me watching Pastor Joe on Sundays. Uh, so I read this book. Uh, I, I'm, I, like, I like facts. I always have questions, maybe like you, Thomas. I wanna know, how do you know that? Can you prove that to me? So I read the book because I read the preface and I did a little research on it and I thought he was going to disprove the Bible in this book, which is what he set out to do. And when he did the exact opposite, I was shocked. I turned back and read the book a second time straight through and I fell to my knees. I started crying. I accepted Jesus uh, at that moment and I've never looked back. I was a sinner for so many years and there are so many things I regret till I've come to realize that I'm exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants to be out there talking to others because we can relate. And uh, so it was difficult at first, but it's just a very gradual process. It's a journey. You mentioned earlier that your, your belief is a journey. And the thing to remember on a journey for Jesus is not the destination. That's not the goal. The journey is who you bring along with you as you're going. I believe, you know, our our relationship with Jesus is not like a one-time thing. Right. Like we have to nourish it. We have to work towards it. We have to fight for it, fight for our faith. Mm. One thing that I've realized through all this is that He is God. He is sovereign. And mm. He, 
he knows what's best for your life he knows what's best um so just learning to trust god is 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 a process like it's it's not just happens overnight it's a process to trust god even through your hard times and um your um happy times and in you know, in your hard times to just learn to trust god so how do you guys deal with some of the things you see going on in the world that are so terrible jesus has said in this world you are going to have troubles you are going to have trials you are going to have temptations but take heart i have overcome the world yes and you overcome by believing with what jesus did on that cross with the blood that he shed for us and the word of our testimony and that's what can help us really become overcomers in christ Alicia, what would you say to somebody who senses a need to develop a relationship with Jesus but just doesn't know how to go about doing it? First thing is knowing that that God loves you no matter what you've done in your past. And whatever people think about you, God loves you. He sees you. He hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears your cries and he I would encourage someone to just, you know, go to God, seek him. Um even if it means like starting with like a small prayer, like God, I need you. Mm-hmm. Um I don't understand everything, but I know you do. Um just going to him and with these small steps of faith. Um uh, that's how I started. Um it's not it was like uh, maybe it took me years. Mm-hmm. Um to be honest uh, it was not like some people have a 180 degree shift in their prayer life yeah. immediately like after right. having an encounter with Jesus but it wasn't the same with me god had to keep knocking and keep trying <laughs> so i would say start with small steps of faith you take one step and god will take a million steps towards you that's beautiful that is truly beautiful yes i know that Hey guys, I I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. It's been fantastic. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, you guys. Like family to show. Absolutely. Thanks for the, the amazing opportunity. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. Indeed. Can we give it up for the just a great interview? Let's go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, the first thing we pray for all of us that know Christ Lord a resurrection can't happen until it's too late and I just thank you for infusing people with hope and Father right now any of us that are listening that have some areas of our life that we'd like you to resurrect and change and wipe shame away and hurt away and Father right now we're just going to whisper those things up to you and we just say we give this to you we ask the Jesus the giver of life the resurrection and the life that he would reach in and he would change those parts of our life and restore those parts of our life and uh lord we thank you for that so heads are bowed eyes are closed keep praying along that line if 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 that's you and just say god i just want you to deliver me and set me free with that resurrection power but maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your eternity and obviously this is Easter weekend, resurrection weekend, and the whole message was about Jesus and being raised from the dead. And right now I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. 
I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you're agnostic, you came in agnostic. Um, uh, believing, not believing, here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? And is this your weekend for Jesus? Is this your moment? I remember after I accepted Christ, my whole family came in and my dad took a little over a year, but we drug him to church on Easter weekend. And I'll never forget at this time in the service, I was sitting behind my dad and he, he, when the preacher said, hey, if you accepted Christ, raise your hand, my dad put both hands up. And I'll never forget that weekend. And I believe it's, uh, for some of you, this is your weekend. Some of you watching online, it's your weekend. Some of the men at TCI Correctional Facility, this is your time. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And if you're listening, you say, you know what? I see it. I, I believe Jesus is the Christ. I, I want to pray and I want to make it personal. Would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray, guys? Just uh, say this after me and mean it if you're praying it for the first time. And just say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who always existed who came into a human body, died for our sins. And God raised you up out of that grave. I accept you as my savior and make a decision this day to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,